Hey everyone, this is Dave. And this is Jimmy. And you're listening to Jimmy and Dave's Mixtape Podcast. Uh, this is going to be a general podcast where we talk about a variety of music conversations, ranging from different topics for each episode to every episode where we kind of focus on an album to talk about where hopefully you enjoy listening to about. <laughs> yeah, and you know, just, you know, we can give us a reason to listen to stuff we like to listen to. And make you guys become fans of the stuff we like. It's also an excuse just to hear our own voice because we like listening to ourselves. I hate my voice and I'm never really? never gonna listen to this podcast. You're never gonna listen to the podcast. Nope. You're only gonna hear a reaction of me telling you how yep. bad the podcast you me, is. You can give me notes and I'll take them, but I'm not gonna listen <laughs> to myself. Good. So when I'm gonna be like, What do you think? You're gonna go, Yep. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> awesome. I was great. You could have done better. All right. Well, we could always do better, and that's why we hope as we go on, and we hope you people, all you folks out there listening, all two of you or three of you, our and wives. when we start, or our <laughs> wives or our moms, thank you for listening. Uh, we hope once you guys get together, you uh, participate and give us talks and feedback in the discussions that we talk about for each episode. And uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about the Future Island concert that Jimmy and I went to. And then we're going to talk about songs of the fall. We're going to list three songs, and we hope you have some songs you want to add to. And then after that, the album we're going to focus on today's episode is The Drive-By Trucker's Dirty South, an episode that Jimmy picked. One thing we're going to do between each episode is we are going to uh, each pick an album. Jimmy's going to pick an album for one episode, and I will pick the other. So this episode, Jimmy picked the first album. So, with that, let's talk about the concert that we both saw, which is we saw the Future Island concert at the Chameleon Club. Jimmy? Yes, sir. What did you think of the show? I loved it. I went in not... I mean, I wanted to see him, but it was one of those bands that's like, you know, they're cool, nice to see. I wouldn't, like, if I would have missed it, it wouldn't have ruined my day. But after seeing him, I'm glad I saw him. And, you know, it was a fun night for all. It was a great night. I thought it was a great show in terms of, I thought the band themselves were fantastic. I definitely would want to see them again. My issue was the show. It was a little too hot. It was a very packed show at the Chameleon Club, which I've seen many shows. I've also played there a couple of times. It's a great venue all in all. It's a staple of the community of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. However, when it's a full show like that, it gets a little hot. What do you think about it? I didn't mind it. I like the general admission shows where you're crammed in and you get to feel everyone else's sweat on your body. <laughs> see, I am old man get off my lawn. And when you see people passing out in front of you, you go, maybe it's a little too packed at this show. I must say your teacher instincts really kicked in when you saved that guy's life. I was ready to just like push him over and stand on him. Yeah, so and, I, and I, of course, helped the man out of the show as, you know, you always got to give compassion and care. But overall, I thought that as a band, they were fantastic. What did you think of the lead vocalist, Samuel Herring, as a performer overall? I really liked him. My first thought was I had no idea what he looked like. I was expecting someone maybe a little more youthful. He kind of reminded me of a happy Morrissey if there is such a thing I think of it is <laughs> non-existent non-existent what are you talking about <laughs> and someone who actually shows up at, like it would be if Morrissey was happy and showed up at a concert but, shots fired at Morrissey <laughs> but no they he had a great stage presence he was a good chess pounder and it's one of those bands that I feel like after you see him if there's a like I, I think everyone or most people might have heard of uh seasons change and it's one of those things after you uh, if you like see him and then after you hear that song again you can almost like still picture him on stage and just makes it a better experience listening to the song again oh yeah seasons change is definitely it's like the one future island song i know about and i've heard a bunch of the songs they're definitely one of those bands for me at this point where every time i hear a song or them or i put an album on, i really enjoy them but i can't always for some reason, they're not sticking in my brain at this point. And so yeah. I feel like there's still some time for them to grow on me. But 
What I really liked about the Future Islands in general was the performance. Their energy, I thought, was fantastic. I, I actually thought they do a great example of when... I would always wonder sometimes when I hear bands, especially when they have a more electronic sound to them, is do you get that feeling in the live sound? And I thought when I saw the Future Islands, I completely got that sound. Like, what I hear on an album... I can hear in the live performance. I can hear the energy, and it and it kind of transcends. Yeah, I think live. Like so, it's not like a band where they're either a great live band or a great like recording album band. They kind of have the best of both worlds. Yeah. So overall, I thought that was a great show. I, in general, would like to see them in a bigger venue. I said just a slightly bigger. I, as a chorus lay, would like to say I would love to see them in a venue where I could buy seats for. Because I like, I'm a seat person. Jimmy, are you a seat person at a live show? I would rather be right up front so I can, you know, scream at him and have him hear me and give me a little wink and a okay. shake of his booty. But we're not all rich folk <laughs> like you, Jimmy. So what if not? You can. If, what if you can't get to the front? I mean, we were in the back and it was still enjoyable. Yeah. But then again, at the Great Chameleon Club, there's not a, a bad there's not section a, in the There's in not the a bad section in the house. I would say seat, but... There are no there seats are no in seats. the Chameleon Center. Yeah. Center. Center. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. So, overall, would you go see them again? Yes, I would. And I... Are you going to also ask me if I would recommend it for other people? Or mm-hmm. is this is all inclusive? Is that, is that included in that question? Because I would recommend that other people go see them, too. I feel like it's a nice band where you don't actually have to know a bunch of their songs to enjoy it. Absolutely. I think that's a perfect assessment of the band in terms of the fact that you don't need to know the band to enjoy the show. And I think they're a perfect example of that because I think if you don't know anything about the band, uh, that uh, Future Islands... I think going to see them live, you'll appreciate them, and you'll get into them. I also think they're kind of in that, what I call a Pandora band, where they're a band that you hear a lot, maybe just in random playlists, or hearing on the radio, like XPN, like you said, or something like that, but in general, once you go see them live, you kind of get a more appreciation, like a lot, when I think of Future Islands, the same way it happened with me with Andrew Bird. Like, I used to hear Andrew Bird on, like, and I feel like no matter what I played, yeah. Like, I could put any song on that if it was something that was in the adult alternative adult or indie rock, Andrew Bird's going to come in that playlist at some point in time. Yeah. He's going to sneak through. And it's a band you're not going to waste a skip on. It's like, eh. Like, yeah, you hear it. And then at first you're like, oh, this is pretty good. It's cool. And then it starts to grow on you. And then you say, oh, this guy's playing live. and Or maybe you see a clip or hear a song and it really sticks out. And for me, that was Andrew Bird. And the same exact um, thing happened with Future Islands. And I'm happy I saw them. I think I would like to... I, I know I would want to see them again. And I think they're a great band. And as you said, I think if you don't know about them, go check them out. If you haven't, go check them out. Search them on YouTube. You don't even have to have a subscription service nowadays. It's not like you have to have borrow a CD from anyone or anything like that. But I'm showing my age by mentioning a CD, I guess, <laughs> at this point. So, moving on that... What is the time of the year, Jimmy? It is autumn. It is autumn. So for this episode, we're going to take, for this segment, we're going to talk about the songs of the fall. And so for this, we picked three songs each. And do you want to go your list first, or do you just want to switch one by one? How do you want to do that? Uh, let's, let's ping pong it back and forth. All right, we're going to play some little ping pong. Let's, why don't you go first? So what's your first song? The first song that I chose was Waiting for October by Polaris. We're going to play a little bit of it so you can hear a little bit out of it. Now, immediately when I heard it, I thought Pete and Pete. Why did I think Pete and Pete? Because this band actually did the entire soundtrack for Pete and Pete. And I would have known that if I wasn't listening to this on my phone when Jimmy said this song. And when I looked at the album, I said, this sounds like the band that... From Pete and Pete. And if you look, what is the album title? The ad- soundtrack. Is it just the Adventures of Pete it's and Pete It's music soundtrack? from the Adventures of Pete and Pete. So did I feel stupid? Absolutely. But I was glad that I recognized it. Because immediately when I heard the band. I'm going to stop it. Immediately before I heard the band. 
I was thinking, wow, this reminds me of P&P. And then all these memories of the greatest show of one of my child... I think one of the greatest shows of my childhood, Pete and Pete. And in general, I was really impressed because I watched Pete and Pete a couple years ago, but I was also really impressed by the actual music that the show included. And this is a, a big band for that show, right? Uh, Wait, a big band for the show? I mean, in terms of like... I mean, I don't think... I think when you think Pete and Pete, you think there's band, right? I do. I feel like... I mean, I don't know if they've done anything other than... Oh, this, this might have been the only thing this, they've done. We yeah. don't know. I mean, so yeah, it was a, probably their biggest break. And... But, yeah. I mean, and I feel like it's weird because, like, they have this... Ba- like, you said about the music. I feel like, you know, everyone that... If you know Polaris, it's because of Pete and Pete. And... Do you know players besides me and Pete? No, I even looked for it. And, like, <laughs> I remember when I got into it, like in I would say probably like '05. I remember like trying to see if they've done anything, anything else. I did actually see a national cover of something from I forget what song it was, but the so you, so they, they're a, they're a band I, that I, I think... feel like they're a band's band. Like oh, everyone that grew up watching Pete, all like the musicians who probably grew up watching Pete and Pete. Yeah, love. Polaris. And if you don't know what Pete and Pete is, I don't know how. It's not, like, available on Netflix. It's, like, I don't know where you can find it. Find some, like, clips on YouTube or some kind of way. I'm not going to tell you to illegally pirate anything. However, but if you've got to see Pete and Pete, if you have a chance to see it, it's totally worthwhile. But I think for the songs of the fall, I think there's an obvious reason why, because the song is called Waiting for October. Yeah, and for me it always kind of... Like, I would always listen to it, you know, on the way back to college, first couple weeks of it. It's just one of those songs. It's, you know, it takes me back to my past, and it's a great band, and I hope, you know, maybe if you didn't know who it was, you might look into it. And, you know, there's a new band for you to learn, Polaris. Okay. All right. So before I get to my song, I'm going to give full disclosure, a little behind-the-curtain scenes of... When we came up with the idea of doing one topic for each episode, I, I thought this is going to be great. And then I said, "Why, did, hey Jimmy, why don't you pick a topic for this first episode? And Jimmy suggested. After weeks and weeks. After of... weeks and weeks, because this has been a podcast in the making for uh, about a half a year now. He suggested songs for the fall. And I said, that sounds great. That's a good album. That's a great choice. It's a perfect Let's get this podcast started. It's not a controversial topic. It's not a topic where we are going to go to fisticuffs over. It's going to be great. This is a great topic. And then I realized I am terrible when it comes to relating songs to seasons or mainly events. Like, I think Halloween, Christmas, yeah, that's a little easier. But for songs of the fall, I really also started to struggle with it. But I came up with the list, and I think these are the songs that when I came for what I think is the fall, it happened the best for what came to mind for me. So my first topic, or my first song for the list, excuse me, is the band's King Harvest. Why? Why would you think, Jimmy? Uh, I mean, my first guess would be the title is Harvest. Hey, you know what? You're exactly right. Because as I said, when I had to think about songs for the fall, it was very difficult. But when I ultimately came to it, I ultimately found this song perfect for it because A, it is totally at the top of the list of my favorite songs by the group, the band. But also, with the time of the season, we are from a farming county. I think it, it, it relates to the area we live in in terms of farmland and I just think in general it's a fantastic song and it gives me when I hear the song I can hear the sounds of what I would think of a Fallout listening playlist to that list I can hear that listen to it on the way to the effort affair huh listen to it on the way to the effort affair listening it to the effort affair which is by the way the, the what country's largest street fair if you have a chance, uh, we are sponsored, by the way, by the Effort Affair. We're just kidding. We are not sponsored by anyone. But... Yeah, someone changed that. Yes, you can change that, local business people, any, <laughs> or national. 
Anyway, the national Squarespace. <laughs> you sponsor seems to be everyone, so I think once we get to ten subscribers, we might get the Squarespace advertisement. At least, we'll at least I think every time I hear a podcast, I hear a Squarespace sponsorship, and we have not developed a website yet. It's where dreams become something ideas become dreams <laughs> well we obviously are not going to get square pa- square space <laughs> let's hope for wix maybe the next podcast listen for the next podcast see if wix sponsors us wix all your candle needs yeah or the website builder oh <laughs> sorry wix perfect all right jimmy what was your second song second song was indian summer by beat happening There it is. I gotta admit, the first time I heard this song, I immediately laughed at this part. Breakfast in cemetery. Only because the voice startled me. <laughs> I thought the first second the lead singer of the Crash Test dummy, uh, Dummies had a sideband. It's a good guess. The nice low baritone voice. Did you do you know this band because of this song, or do you know of other stuff with them? Um. Because this, this is, is probably the beat happening, by the this way. This is probably the first song that I heard of theirs, but I know a couple. Like, I, it's one of those bands where, like, I ha- I used to have some of their stuff on a an old iPad, and you know, it's a good band, nice, unique voice. It's either them or the Crash Test Dummies. Um, Does it remind you of the Crash Test Dummies? Am definitely, I crazy? Definitely. Okay. Now, I think their sound is different than the Crash Test Dummies. Agreed. But his um, vocals remind me of the lead singer. Yeah. I will also say, I listened to a little bit of this band's album after hearing this song of them. And I honestly, I was surprised at how different they are in terms of, it's not always him singing. There's sometimes a female vocalist singing. Yeah. And I, I think they're a really good band that I was not aware of before the song. And I would totally uh, suggest listening to more of them because I was not aware of them. And because you suggested it, I actually heard this song. It startled me at first, like a lot of music does. But once I hear a band, I kind of get comfortable with it. I really ended up enjoying the beat happening. Yeah. And I feel like this song actually, it has like almost a fall feel to it. Absolutely, and the lyrics—it's it's probably the the one song on my list that I feel might most encompass fall, the whole autumn. It has the sound, it has the lyrics that you know kind of go with it about whatever. But yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I in the end think that listening to this song in terms of our list it's not my favorite song of all time on the list however in terms of what the category is if picking songs in the fall and of all of our choices honestly this was my favorite song on a lot of the choices i think this was the best one in terms of just the songs i enjoy but also it reminds me of the fall but also in, in general it's a unique song that i think um so i win you win Yes. You got the point for this playlist. And I will say, this was a terrible choice for our first episode of Playlist because I don't think we were really comfortable with this list. Especially since you picked a lot of songs that had what? The idea of autumn or fall in the title specifically. Uh, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I win. <laughs> You'll take the V. All right. So next. Oh, you go. <laughs> so next, we're going to talk about my next song. And I'm going to skip the one on the list because I'm going to save that for last. I'm going to talk about Maggie May, which is the song I picked for my song in the fall. Which we're going to skip the mandolin nice intro. intro. But this song to me, A... Is one of my favorite pop songs of all time. In fact, in future episodes, if we have the the list of, of top pop songs, this will be in that list. Because when I hear this song, it is just perfect to me. Anytime I hear it, it makes me happy. However, it reminds me of fall because it reminds me about, of course, him going back to school. It's late September. So this encompasses the list in terms of your big notion that has to specify the time of the season in the song 
And I just think in general it's a perfect song of in terms of pop music, but just a great song to enjoy, but especially during the autumn season. Great. Great song. Great contribution, Jimmy. Good job. <laughs> Alright. I'm just excited for my next song. What's the next song, Jimmy? Next song is by one of my favorite bands, the Drive-By Truckers, and it is First Air of Autumn. And I'm going to block you on this because I'm going to skip you and I'm going to go to my song first. Fair reason enough. why? Because you are power hungry and you can do whatever you want. You because the of the computer. theme of the song, Jimmy. The theme of the song is The Nationals, Mr. November, and I'm not going to mess this over, and I'm not going to try to swear a lot on this podcast either, which is why I just censored myself, but in general, I picked this song also because we want to use the next song to transition easier, and I'll get back to it in a second, but before I get to why I picked Mr. November for my song in the fall, I will like to say what one glaring omission that when we started this podcast, if you're still are listening, what was the song that we left out, Jimmy? Harvest Moon. No. It's a great song. <laughs> it is not Harvest Moon. Let's try it again. Uh, September. September by <laughs> Taylor Swift. No, I'm just kidding. The, not the Taylor Swift cover. We were, of course, talking about Earth, Wind, and Fire. But there's Fire. a... It's the A, it's the perfect wedding song. Jimmy, did, was that song play at your wedding? I don't think so. <laughs> it probably wasn't. It might have been. I think it was. I don't know. When you go to most weddings, is it played? That you've been to? Yes, yeah. No, it's a very popular song. It's act- I think it's probably one of the happiest songs ever written. I do think that. I, 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 I think it is one of the happiest songs written. But also the reason that... When we came up with Fall List, I thought, hey, that's too easy to pick that song for Songs of the Fall. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think it really encompasses just the time of fall. No, it can be in any time. You hear that fall. song in July, you're going to dance. You hear it in May, you're going to dance. Maybe not so much February, that's but January, month. it's oh, probably okay. New Year's Eve, you're going to dance. It's going to be a good time. You're going to dance in September no matter what time of the year, right? Agreed. So I think it's that reason that September's on the list. However, Mr. November falls in the same category. I can listen to this song any time of the year. I love this song all the time. In fact, I'm really happy the National have included it back in the live set list. And I'm going to say full disclosure... I will always include the National at any time, at any point when I can include the National, just like I know Jimmy's going to have some bands that anytime he can throw those bands in the list, and I will, he's going to do it. And for me, I am including Mr. November, A, because it falls into the category, it meets the criteria, but also it's a fantastic song. It is the song featured on, is the closing song on the album Alligator by the National, which is an album everyone should listen to. But also, I remember listening to this song a couple years ago and thinking, wow, this is a song about a former president. And it's crazy how this song was written for this former president, George Bush, and how relevant that was at the time. And now here we are and sitting in 2018, and we are not going to talk politics on this podcast, but I will say, when I hear this song... I still feel it's relevant, and I feel like it comes to that perfect time of the year, which is in the fall season, the election season. Get what out do you there. think? Get out there and rock the vote. Get out there and rock the vote. And I, and obviously, I will on the side conversation. I will say it's really awkward to me that "Fake Empire" was a political song, a positivity. Because do you when you hear "Fake Empire," do you think it's like a uplifting song for a campaign trail? Uh, it's tough. I know you want me to say no and and make, but I I think it is kind of a happy song. Do you really? I do. I never hear it as a positive song. Two of my friends got ma- that was their wedding song. Fake Empire. Yeah. Are they still together? Yeah. Happily married. <laughs> Two kids. <laughs> we'll see after five. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 
Now, Jimmy, we have talked to... So, we've completed my list. I think, I'll be honest, if I had to grade my list, I would give it a, a 5 out of 10. I think my list is mediocre. I think in terms of you identifying songs that have fall seasonal topics in the title, you've achieved it. You've done it. To be fair, I probably had my list picked out before I even came up with giving you the idea of the list, <laughs> so I had a bit of a head start. You did. Let's hope the next episode we pick, I pick a list maybe that we I can do a better job of. But I will say, I did enjoy the list, and I definitely learned a lot of songs, especially since I will say, before we get to the last one, I really enjoyed... Indian Summer a lot and Waiting for October and in fact those were songs especially the Polaris one it brought me back to good old times and the Beat Happening song Indian Summer brought me back to a period I didn't think I would reminisce as much as the period of Crash Test Dummies but I will say overall it introduced a new band that I enjoyed a lot so leaving to that should we really quick tell anyone out there that might have to be that happen to be listening they could let us know whose list they thought was better absolutely they want to make you feel better and and pick yours yes once we get our stuff in line and we get our our everything figured out here we will be posting this uh podcast obviously and we'll be out talking about it on facebook and twitter which at this time i guess we should talk about where if you want to contact us at twitter and facebook we will be found at JD Mixtape Podcast. Also, if you want to email us, we are uh, JD Mixtape Podcast at the very professional site of gmail.com, where it's a lot of money to be a member of. If you want to email us, email us at JD Mixtape Podcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at JD Mixtape Podcast or on Facebook at the same name. Because Jimmy and Dave's Mixtape Podcast is a pretty long name. And we can't put name my first because guess what? DJ Mixtape Podcast, surprisingly, was taken. Was taken. I know. It's all shocked. All right. Now that we said that, let's get to the last list, uh, the last song for our list, excuse me, by the dry, uh, Jimmy, introduce it. Again, it's still the drive by truckers. Yes. It's still the first air, uh, the first air of autumn by Mike Cooley is the singer and songwriter of this one. And should I tell my thoughts on it? Do you yes, want to hear go. your thoughts on it? Yes. I mean, when I first heard it, I mean, it's probably actually the main reason I came up with the idea of this whole list because I love the truckers and I love the song. It kind of makes me sad when I listen to it a little bit. It makes, at first, it kind of makes me think of Autumn, but then when you listen to it a little closer, it talks about getting old and. You know, you just hear it. It always it. It's a good song. It's great. It's a good song. It's good rock and roll music. <laughs> All right, and that is our first time where we reference another podcast that is very famous that we will try to avoid referencing. By the way, we will say shameless plug. We are not sponsored by it, but if you have not had a chance to listen to Scott Ackerman or Adam Scott's podcast, you talking you two to me, or are you talking REM me? You should listen to it, and you might randomly hear us reference it, because we are big fans of both podcasts. There's one part about this song that drives me nuts, and it's driving me nuts, is I'm going to play it right now, and some if you're in the audience, and you are my mom, my wife, or my friends that said you would listen to this podcast, even though I don't know if you're going to listen to the podcast, you're just going to download it, and tell me you said you listened to it. But if you listen to this, there is a constant buzzing. I like, and I generally like the song. I like the music. I like the lyrics. But there is a cricket buzzing or some fall autumn sound they recorded, which makes it a great choice for the list. I don't hear a buzz. But this is what drives me nuts. I've been asking Jimmy for weeks about this song. I said there is a buzz, and every time, when the first time I heard it, my Bluetooth sp- my headphones. I said, there's a buzz there. And Jimmy says, I didn't hear it. I listened to it on another speaker. My car. I hear it. Jimmy says he doesn't hear it. I think there's a buzz. Do you hear the buzz, folks? Tell me. 
No, you don't hear it still. No buzz. Let's hear a comparison. Here's Polaris. Song with Stu earlier. I don't hear a buzz. You? I don't hear a buzz. I, I hear, hear it. It's right there. I don't it's... hear a buzz. I'm not crazy. This buzz. I don't know. I want to know if you hear the buzz because I hear the buzz, and I think Jimmy just. He is a guitar player and has been in front of an amp for so long. He cannot hear the buzz. Because maybe he's so used to hearing the buzz of an amp. I don't know. But in the end, there's a buzz. So if you hear a buzz, let us know. I think that there's one. Hashtag buzz off. Buzz off. <laughs> nice. I don't even know how hashtags work. All right. So why was ending on the Drive by Truckers a perfect song for our fall list here, Jimmy? Because... The next chapter in this podcast is where we talk about an album, and the album that I chose to talk about was by the Drive-By Truckers, because they are possibly my favorite band, Uh, and the album that I chose for Dave to have to listen to was Dirty South. Okay. So I told Jimmy I had an idea that Drive-By Truckers was one of Jimmy's bands. And I said, I've heard of the Drive-By Truckers. I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about them. Jimmy obviously has talked to them about a lot. And I've heard songs here and there, kind of like what would come off on a, you know, a playlist or something. And so I said, pick an album. Pick an album for me to listen to that kind of encompasses the idea of the Dirty South. So before we get into the actual album, why would you say the Dirty, uh, Dirty South, sorry, the Drive-By Truckers are one of your favorite bands? I don't know. Um, Good answer. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, it's just one of those bands when I heard them the very first time I heard them, probably 10 or so years ago, maybe, just instantly clicked with me. it was back in my wild, you know, early 20s when, you know, you ate, drink a little too much, party a little too hard, and it's just kind of like a, almost like a southern, like they're kind of like southern rock, a little bit of, like, rocky, like, this. This. I feel like when you try to describe them, you just gotta kind of start them right away. Gotta hear it. I feel like this band doesn't really hide who they are or where they're from at all. No, you got, they're... You know, you know they have that really heavy South sound. They're often kind of compared to like Leonard Skinner. They usually have three lead guitars. They're, but it's not like they're also. Sm- it's not just the music that's good. They're smart. They have, you know, either two or three, depending on the album, great songwriters to contribute. So I feel like all their albums have a lot of depth to them. It's something where you can listen to like an album over and over again, and like you learn, like you have a new favorite every time you listen to the, an album. They're, I feel like they're very deep when it comes to all their track lists and stuff like that. Okay, well, I I will say listening to this album for the first time, it it took me a couple listens to get. I think used to the band in general. I the first listen to it was a little jarring to me, uh, mainly because I think when I listen to a lot of bands, I usually listen to bands that have what I call more nonsensical lyrics, where trying to figure out what it means is up for interpretation. A lot of it. There might be a simple story, but the lyrics aren't going to exactly tell you the story. On the other hand, when I think the drive-by truckers, when listening to them, they take those stories and they just, like, beat it over your head. Agreed. Where, like, you get the story. You understand the story when you hear it the first time. So the first time I heard them, it took me about two or three listens to kind of first understand the band. But that's also because... How many people, different lead singers are there, at least on this album? On this album, there are three singers. Uh, you got Mike Cooley, uh, Jason Isbell, who is 
their he's actually now out of the band. Uh, and then their technical he usually gets credit as being like the front man Patterson Hood. Patterson Hood. And it's interesting enough about I think the album in general is that because you have three different they're all songwriters too. Yes. And so usually it is if they write the song, they sing the song. At least what I gathered. That is true. So you have three different lead singers and also I think three different complete not completely different but very different in styles of their writing. Agreed. They all bring their own. Yes. Like I think uh, Mike Cooley has a, a a big Americana sound and he's also going to be the strict if you would have to say this guy is the deep roots of what is traditional country music I think he's the closest one to meet that. That's a pretty good interpretation. While I think Patterson's Storytime Hood loves telling stories. I mean, every song of his is like just him reading a book to you. Yeah, I feel like and once you really get into him and once you uh, get obsessed with him and become a super fan, like you'll just think like you could take any one of his songs and turn it into like a movie. Or a short, like you said, a, a book. You could, like, he could, he could be an author instead of a a songwriter if he really wanted to. be. Right, and and what I really makes me refer to that is what makes me refer to that is that taking for the example the track tornadoes. Let me skip a little here. But when he sings, He's giving you specific times. That's a nice picture. Yes. He's setting the story up. And the first time, actually, I think I was listening... No, this was the first time I was listening to my wife was listening to this song. Like, she, like, straight up, like, laughed out loud. <laughs> and it wasn't just, like... It's a... It's a also, this band is incredibly... Let's off-topic here. If you have trouble with depression or sadness, is this a band you should listen to? I mean, if you want to relate to... To relate to, to something, yeah. 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 If you want to get yourself out of... If you're in a if you're in a, a mood and you want to maybe lighten your day, no, probably not the best idea. <laughs> but... They're, they're a pretty dapper and sound uh, in, in a, a sad sack of, of a band, I think, in general. It's true, I. But I will say, if you see them live, it changes that because they say it many times. Their songs are often about heavy topics, dark topics. But if you look at it as a grand picture, once you see them, it's almost like it's a party, and you can all get together and wallow in everyone's misery, misery, and just you know, yeah, blow it out. I really actually liked. Uh, what you just brought up because actually that's one thing I want to say when I first listened to the album it A took some time for me to get used to uh, Patterson's hood uh, vocals especially not not the lead vocals but the chorus in terms of when he goes to the especially in the People of the Moon song Mm -hmm. the uh, the falsetto that is raspy I, I, I gotta say it was Something for me that it took a while to get used An acquired to. Acquired taste, huh? Yes, I will say. After hearing it, I said I gotta watch what these guys. He sounds like live, because that was a studio recording. So I wanted to hear what he sounded like, and I was actually impressed with how he actually sounds, and that comes off in the live setting. But you were also talking about how when you're hearing these sad sack of of songs that just are are, are full of misery and heartache. That is uh, apparently the South. Alabama. Yeah. Uh, I will say this band does at the same time celebrate the South. I think they are proud of who they are are and where they're from, but I think they're also doing a th- um, the concept of where they're not afraid to address the downsides of their past history. The duality of the Southern thing. Yes. And, 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 and if you're honest, even though we are just some uh, Yankees from here in the Northern <laughs> States, I well, think... It's Pennsylvania. Can, it's, pe- it's as... Yeah, it's the southest you can get above the north. The Besides Mason Maryland, Dixon. well, that's below the the Mason Dixon line. Yeah, I guess you're technically right there. History lesson, but but Drop there is free. dark sides to uh, every area you're living to, no matter where you are in this country, unfortunately. And I think they do a good job of balancing it. 
They don't uh, hide. They don't hide their blemishes. They right? don't. Absolutely not. And I, I, I actually, I like. I really respect about the band on other albums where like, they're what's the what's the opera album? The Southern, Southern rock opera. Southern rock al- uh, opera. I was reading about how they said it's like combining the Leonard Skinner with mm-hmm. Neil Young kind of and, and making an album out of that which was I thought a really cool concept to to make an album out of and I think in general when I was listening to the album every time it got to a chorus I every time thought this has to be great live and like, it is like, like, and, that, and that's where I, I can see how people are getting get into the drive-by truckers because a lot of the times even if I if I'm not that interested in the story maybe at that point in time or I'm not interested in just maybe it's just not my mood and not feeling it every time they get to one of those choruses and especially in a lot of the songs especially in my top five it sucks me in like I am all about listening to that and so with that said I thought it'd be interesting if I could talk about what were the five songs I really liked on the album and if any of those songs weren't maybe your favorites and if maybe you disagree at all that show me what you got let's, right, let's, let me, let's talk about it I will say this album is a long album it is about 70 minutes in length I do Buckle I up. think it would be better oh here we go I'm not gonna resequence the album <laughs> I think it'd be better if you took two tracks off the album which two would you dare cut from this masterpiece <laughs> which I will say it is a very high rating on all the if you look at like the sites that take all the different places it's a very high rated album it is one of their highest rated albums and I even looked at uh, a lot of people's list of the best drive-by truckers and this is usually in the top three in, in some shape or form the two songs I just think could be taken off are you, and you're shaking your head already, and I didn't even say it because you disagree completely. Is this an album? First of all, before I get to it, is this an album where you think it's great from top to finish? Um, every song. Yeah, it I, not not every song needs to be like a perfect ten out of ten song. Nothing's but I mean, perfect, but yes. I feel like everything fits together. It's a lot of stuff that kind of talks about like the like outlaw life. A lot of like you know like it has. All the stuff about Buford. It keeps to the theme. It's like I feel like it's um, it's borderline on almost like a concept album, right? Of you know the unruly living outside the law kind of thing, right? But yeah, no, I would keep it as is. I don't think there's anything you can take away from there's it. There's no songs you can take off. No, not one, not two. I think I think the album would be better if you took two songs off. I want to hear what they are. There's a few that. See, it's hard for you. Yeah, no. So you think there's not a song that needs to... No, I don't think you need to get rid of anything. You need to get rid of... I think the album is great. I I mean, overall, I would say this is a fantastic album. I'm glad you made me listen to it. I listened to it about nine times. I'm going to take a break after this episode (laughs) and listen to other albums. In fact, I'm going to go listen to more Drive-By Truckers albums because I I do really enjoy the band. Um, And in fact, it's interesting, while on this album... Mike Cooley's songs aren't my favorite. I really actually like the uh, the song that you referenced on the fall list, and that was interestingly enough, "First Air of Autumn" was written by him. On this album, however, none of his songs really were my favorite, and so the one song I would remove first is "Daddy's Cup." Oh, it's one of my favorites on the album. <laughs> yes, I knew that was gonna happen. Why is that song one of your favorites? Because it's one of the great... I mean, it's one of those story songs. You said that it's mostly Patterson. I feel like this is just a song... Like, when you if when I, like when you listen to it, you I'm drawn to his story that he talks about. Also, I love the ending where they leave in the little bit of the... The little talk the little, and banter yeah, they do like, at the end. Yeah, it's it's fun that they left. They could have cut it. They could have, but... But they're just fun and goofy and, guys. And it also makes you realize, I'm pretty sure this is one of those songs. They do it a lot, but they actually just all play together, play it live. They don't, like, you know, record different sections See, of it. See, this is where it's a great song. And I, live, 
Absolutely. I can hear it. But I will say, it's a long album. And after you get through this whole Boys of Alabama, Cotton Seed, Buford Stick, which is that it's a whole, if you don't know, it's a whole trio of songs about a sheriff, right? Mm hmm. Uh,. The, the guy that inspired the Walking Tall soundtrack. Yeah. And. Ferris. Not Ferris Bueller. <laughs> <laughs> yes, not <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But uh, the Buford Stick, it was by. We'll figure it out here. Buford Pusser. Is it Pusser? Pusser. <laughs> it's so, something. It's something like that. But anyway. It's a trio of songs inspired by this, you know, this lore of this old sheriff from Alabama. And but it's interesting about the album, about the side of this these trio of songs, is it takes the side of the bootleggers, the, outlaw, the, the yeah. outlaws' perspective. Because apparently, while he was always kind of given this halo, yeah. there's a dark side apparently to his yeah. story as well. And everyone else, the Outlaws is trying to make it by. They, yes. It's kind of like on people, uh, it goes almost back to the putting people on the moon where, you know, sometimes you have to do stuff that's not always on the up and up to, right. to feed your family. So, and I absolutely will say, I don't think these songs are bad in any way, shape, or form. I don't think this is a bad song. I don't, I like the song even. But I think in terms of when I'm listening to an album and you get into the 70 minutes long, to that length of 70 minutes, uh, trim some fat there. Kind of like this podcast. Kind of like this podcast that's going on way too long. All right. The other song I'm going to cut, Never Going to Change. Completely disagree. Why? Even more than that. You could have won me over on the first one about it not really fitting. But, but not this one. No, I feel like this one completely fits in with it as far as the, the theme of it goes. But, but like, that's, like, saying that is not fair because, like, what Drive-By Trucker song <laughs> I don't know. doesn't have a theme of the South? The whole new album. Which okay, yes. Which is <laughs> a completely different episode that we're not going to talk about at this point. But... I like, again, I like this song. It's a good song. I just feel the album gets a little long, and I think if you would cut two songs, it would be a little bit better. I think it'd be a little more polished. I don't think they want it to be polished. I think you want it dirty. <laughs> you want it dirty. Like oh, well. a dirty sound. And, and, like, obviously, th- they are a very successful band, so who am I to say? However... When I look, I will also say, how would you feel about Instead of Never Gonna Change? Interestingly enough, two Isbell songs, The Day John Henry Died. You love this album all together, don't you? I do, and I agree that maybe it doesn't, again, fit with the total theme of the rest of the album, but... I just could never say like you're so used to hearing the album at this point in the way it is. And I love the day John Henry dies so much. I would oh, hate really? to I would hate to not have it on the it's yeah, it all that was one that when I first heard it. it do it they really, but here's the thing. So we didn't really talk about this, but this is the last album with Jason Isbell. No. It's not. I thought it was. Is that I think that uh, it goes uh, Decoration Day, and then this one, and then he's also has a couple songs on. Uh, oh no, the one after it. Are you <laughs> looking it up? <laughs> it's. Uh, I'm not going to think of it, but he definitely has some songs on it. Okay. But that's that that album might is considered one of their lower points because was this... short backstory because like I said, uh, the whole Jason Isbell thing uh, he kind of left the band slash was asked to leave the band because he was the young kid on it he they like he kind of joined the band when they were taken off all the other guys already had 
the, those years of partying, touring, maybe abusing, abusing rock and the rock and roll lifestyle. Living the lifestyle. They were already making a big one when Jason was just a little boy, and he kind of was a little bit out of it, like party a little too hard, and they kind of had to ask him to leave, probably for the best for him in the long run both of his because he didn't he probably would have killed himself with all his with his drug problems now there's a happy ending to this story if you don't know Jason Isbell is clean and being is very successful right now if you don't listen to his music he's a very good artist but anyway we got real sidetracked yes this song is one of my like when I first heard this song it was an instant classic for me Really? It's yeah. It's kind of got a little poppiness to Again. it. Again, it's simple, but it works. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being picky. It, it maybe and I can never take any Jason Isbell song off of an album. An album, just because I feel like he only was on for those three. They're all precious in my in my heart. Okay. I would hate to lose any of them. Well, we're gonna move on because <laughs> I guess I'm thinking a bit too much about sequencing, but because when I come to what are my favorite songs on this album? As somebody who, like I said, has not listened to a lot of my truckers, uh, a lot of truckers, I don't... I've listened to a couple albums of here and there, little songs here and there, but I have not really dived into them as much as you have. So let me tell you my favorite songs of the album. Let me just spit out the list of my top four. Because these are the four songs that, if I was on going to put them on a playlist, these are the four songs I would throw on a list. Uh, the one is the last track, which is the uh, "Goddamn Lonely Love" by written by Jason Isbell. Mm-hmm. That the first time I listened to the album, it sucked me in. Like the first listen, I said, "This is song is fantastic." Second is uh, "Putting People on the Moon," and that was a track that actually took some time to grow on me. And that was the one, for example, it took me... I had to get used to yeah. Patterson's chorus. Your first, I remember your first comment about I, it. Yes. A while back, I said... <laughs> it's just, yes, we're not going to reference the exact comment. But it was a comment that said, I wasn't expecting this in my chorus. <laughs> but eventually, it really... I bet... And you've seen them live. This is a song they play live. Yes. Almost, almost every... And this is a perfect example of a song. When you hear that chorus... Let's throw it on a little bit here. When you hear that chorus... I, I imagine it's raucous. Or when people are singing. Yes. Right. So it's a little bit of the chorus before. We'll talk a little bit over this one. After that, it's Tornado, which is a, my example of earlier when I talked about a song where he takes a story and just smacks you in the face with it because mm-hmm. you're not going to miss the topic of the story. And it, and But I generally, again, I like... It was the first time I really realized, like, this band is a great at transitions and choruses, and and that and when they get to that freight train part and they hit the whole sound of the guitar chord, it sucks you in, it pulls you in, and it's a song that, from the first listen to even my I listened to the album probably seven or eight times at this point, it still sticks with me. There are other songs, for example, like Carl Perkins, I liked the first time, but as I keep listening, it's okay. It's all right. It's still great. It's a okay song to me. It's not the best. It doesn't stand out in the longevity like the other songs I'm mentioning. I'm talking no, no. I, I get it. I can understand. And that. keep in mind, I'm not saying these songs are bad. I'm just saying these are the four songs that stick out to me where I go, these are great. Agreed. My next is Sands of Iwo Jima. I really like the. The analogy in the song, if you've not heard the song, it's a really good story, I believe, about Patterson's grandfather. And I believe his grandfather fought in the war. I think it's an uncle. Uncle? Great uncle. Someone. Some old dude. We're always factual. We always (laughs) shoot for factual accuracy on this podcast, but who knows? Anyway... But I enjoy this song, but I also enjoy the uh, the reference he talks about, about he never saw who on the beaches of John. Never saw John Wayne. John Wayne. on the And it's a really great song. But also, it's the first time where I think I really hear Patterson's vocals in the live setting, 
where I can see its effectiveness as a lead singer. But I also just think it's a great song. Okay. So I reason why I said four songs originally, it was because I at first I was gonna say, Jimmy, I'm gonna tell you my top five. But then there's just these like hodgepodge of songs that depending on the time I listen to it, how I'm feeling that morning or in that moment in the afternoon or whenever I'm listening to it, I might really like the song, or I might think it's a good song, but just didn't keep my interest. Granted, that's a me issue. That is a you issue. <laughs> but my five is Where the Devil, and these are all songs, like I said, I can't put a, pick a top, like, the fifth song, because Where the Devil I think is great, Car of the per- Carl Perkins, Dank- Danko Manuel, another Jason Isbell song, Boys from Alabama, the whole Cottonseed and Buford trilogy there, and surprisingly, I will say, one that totally grew on me as I kept listening to the album was Lookout Mountain. How do you feel about Lookout Mountain? I, now that you mention it, it's probably the one, I don't know. I there's... I think it's the perfect example of a song. I bet it totally is awesome live. I've not seen them live. That's the whole thing. You have. They always do play it live. To me, it's one that I almost wouldn't need to hear every single time live. You what? I almost wouldn't need to hear it every you single time live. You don't need to live. hear it. Yeah. Yeah, because, well, you've also, how many times have you seen them live? Oh, probably at least a dozen. Really? I think so. Twelve times? Wow. Probably pushing twelve times. Wow, that's impressive. Thank you. Wow. All right, so 12 times you've heard Lookout Mountain. So I can understand that song getting out. Let me. The reason no, why is... I will say it caught me off guard a little bit at first was the, I would say, the beginning riff. It reminds me of er, mid 90s Smashing Pumpkins. It has that little bit of a tone to it. Now that you mention it. Yeah. And so I was a little. I like it though because it a it does step away from the sounds they have consistently been playing, but it does it does sound aged. But I will say the guitar solo. Yeah, in the no, song it definitely hits you when it, it's when it gets there. good. Like it's so good. Like like you get past the rift, you get past all these things. Uh, I and also I think Patterson's vocals, especially in the middle of the song, really step up. It adds to the song. It keeps building. I think, and that's where the song grows on me. Yeah, is that it keeps building? Because the first song I was like, you were. I said, what is the song that you always hear live? And you said, I was thinking it was going to be something like Carl Perkins' Pat- Cadillac. And you said it was Lookout Mountain. I was kind of surprised. But then as I keep hearing the song and listening to it, it grew on me, and then I can totally see why they play it live. It seems like a big crowd getter. It is a crowd getter. It's gonna get you gonna get your blood pumping, gonna get you hooping and hollering. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> so we're gonna wrap this episode up right now. So okay. moving from this album, this is an album where Jason Isbell left. Uh, or shortly, a couple of, maybe maybe I'm wrong now. Jason Isbell <laughs> maybe didn't leave on this album. We'll correct ourselves the next album. But shortly after, regardless, he would he does leave the band. Yes. I always think when you have a band establish themselves. Now Isbell was not originally in the band, correct. but he joins the band. The band gets bigger with Isbell in it. Correct. Isbell leaves the band. He's gone. He's gone. No more. At least in terms of the band. Yeah, he's off to his own... Doing his own thing. His own thing. What... How would you say the reaction to the hardcore Drive-By Trucker fan base is to Drive-By Truckers without Isbell? I mean, I feel like probably when... Because he actually... I think when I got into him was right about after when he left. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get to, like, you know, hear all the, the... you know, I'm sure at first it was like, oh, no, the band's going to break up. Um, but they're actually pretty good at constantly – actually, like, their band has changed a lot over the years as far as the people in it. Yes, the lineup. So it wasn't ever, like, a huge deal. I feel like even though it might have been a little tough split at the time, 
I think everyone knew what needed to be done to save both Isabel and the band. And they're actually now both very like amicable and probably friends. And I feel like if you're a Truckers fan, you're also an Isabel fan. Absolutely. And you should be a fan of both because yeah. they're both It's fantastic. not like one of those breaks where it's like you have to pick one or the other. Aside. Well, the reason why I bring that up, because I think of a band that I'm a big fan of is Wilco, where, you know, Jeff Tweedy had his Nels Klein. Uh, he, he, had, he, had, he had a separate band from, after, you know, you have basically what is Summer Teeth or Summer Tooth, Summer Teeth before all those being there AM. And that was with his other bands and then and with another drummer, different guitarist. And then he had a new members. And then, so when I would go to Wilco shows, you still have these people that are like, well, it's not as good as the old Wilco. Or some people will say, this Wilco is the best ever. Mm -hmm. And so would you say between the drive-by truckers and that, you don't feel that animosity, I guess? or Definitely. I mean, it's always one of those things. There's some people that, you know, I guess there's some people that are going to say like, oh, it was better back then. But I think the average is just like you're almost sad that like you're never gonna. It's just it, the 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 only downside of is you go to a show you're not gonna get to hear any of the Jason Isbell songs. And since they have the three songs, oh, that's what I was gonna say. They're not playing goddamn Lonely Love anymore. Are no, they? no, it's it's because it's his song. He'll yes. he'll actually play it on like In he'll play shows. he'll play his songs at his shows. But you know, it's kind of like. I feel like you know there are they're, you're like, taking songs away essentially from the catalog of the band. Yeah, but and you know you know for a fact like they can't do it without him, right? Um, so but imagine that's like in Pink Floyd, like when they toured in the '90s, they took away all the Roger Waters songs. Yeah, I mean, I guess they could get some. Well, it's hard because like he's the lead singer. He's on the it. lead singer. It's like when they were a band, it was like. You know, it was like they'd actually, and even kind of like in how it's written, like they're almost kind of, they almost like cycle at some points. Like, yeah. they do one, one, one. And like, so I think that's the big thing when they left. It was more sad, like, now it's just, you know, the two of them going back and forth. You don't get to throw in the, all right, like the three band lineup. So, what's a, what's a couple albums we should listen to besides this album by the Driver Truckers? I would recommend, obviously, the newest album. Mm hmm. Um, some people might not like it. They do like to, it, it goes for more of, it gets very political. Yeah. It's, they're always, they've always been kind of political, but this but is over the this, top. This is, it'll beat your current, head with it. This is current event. This isn't like, <laughs> let's take a historical event and talk about it. And if you want to make connections, like dot some lines, this is, they drew a line and this is what they think. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, deal with it. Right. Oh, absolutely. I don't think they're ashamed of who they are. And I also think it takes a lot of guts, uh, especially, but it's not just to drive by truckers. There, I've seen a lot of, I guess, more XBN crowd, Southern rock, usually categorized in that Southern rock groups have been taking a little more political stance in this time of an era. But it does, especially, they did it, this la the album in particular we're talking about is not... It talks about the dark sides of our American current... Band, by the way. What? It's, the, it's called American Band. American Band, way. and it was actually released what a week after, a week before Trump was elected or inaugurated. One of those, probably. I don't know. I Around don't know. Then. It was a, but it's a very political album. In fact, when you read about drive-by truckers on social media you're generally going to see a comment of, I like the truckers, minus all their political crap. Which is funny because it's just a matter of how f deep you want to look into You want to look into it. Because I don't think this band hides who they are no. at any point. I mean, because this album that we're talking about has some political points, it has some messages, and it was made in, what, 2004? And and then this the last album you mentioned was released in 2016. Yeah. So, I think they've always been out who they are they like to call it, i've heard them referred to as uh liberal rednecks liberal rednecks <laughs> interesting okay so that is the album that we're, we talked about for this week drive by truckers so and that is also going to conclude our first episode so the next podcast we're going to have a different topic that we're going to talk about that's different from the fall list obviously 
and we are going to talk about our next album. So we're only going to tell you about what our next album is going to be, and that is going to be Ugly Casanova's album. Ugly Casanova, if you don't know it, is kind of a side project of some of the members of Modest Mouse. We'll talk about more of the album next time. But it's a it's a chance we want to give it out ahead of time, so if you would like to, and if you are our moms, our wives, or our close friends that actually download the album and listen to it, if you would like or to Or Squarespace. Listen, or Squarespace, or Wix, not the candle maker, oh, but the, the website company. If you would like to sponsor us, or anyone, if you would like to listen to the album ahead of time and have a little on knowledge, if you have never heard of it, I was just listening to it. We will be talking about that album next uh, time, and that is Ugly Casanova. It could be like a book club without all that annoying reading. Without the reading and hassle of having to read a book. But, listen, the great news about this episode is, A, it's over. I think we originally wanted to shoot for 35 to 45 minutes. We went under two so, hours. <laughs> the good news is, boys and girls, it can only get better at this point. So, in the end... We'd like to thank our moms, our wives, our friends, and our families that have downloaded this podcast. Probably are not listening. They're asleep. But if you have listened to it and you would like to add comment, or if you want to fake that you listened to it and still add comment to our Facebook or Twitter, you can find us at JD Mixtape and or email us. And if you have any more comment, you want to throw any suggestions out, we are at JD Mixtape Podcast at gmail.com. Jimmy, would you like to say goodbye to your friends and family? Nope. No? No. All right. Well, that's it. It can only get better, folks. Have a great night. Bye.